0: hello everybody and welcome to this just in episode number 11 this episode is brought to you by deep ellum brewing company deep ellum brewing company they're in deep ellum that's a place in dallas by the way deep ellum uh that's what i'm drinking deep ellum ipa uh you know i'm always drinking is it a problem i don't know i mean i don't have a problem with it do you have a problem with it um i'm not always drinking by the way i mean just you know only from the time i'm awake until i go to sleep i do take an eight hour break there every night where i am not drinking um so you know it's not like it's all the time uh but yeah no it's 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 good it's a good beer um Deep Elm IPA is the one that I'm drinking right now. It's uh pretty, pretty, pretty good. It's a little hoppy, pretty good. I'm going to really try not to say um a lot. Um, and then I, I immediately go into an um as soon as I'm done saying I'm not going to say um a lot. My buddy Aaron, who I talked to in the last episode. Uh, God, I almost did it again. He... <laughs> i'm working on it he was giving me shit about counting the number of times that i said um in a show that i did recently and he doesn't know how many it was because he ran out of fingers and toes and that's as high as he can count so he doesn't know but he knows it was more than 20 um we'll say that uh god shit i immediately go back to it it's just like this thing that i do i don't even think about it i just okay what am i gonna say um outside of the time that i am telling you that i'm not gonna say um that's the only time i'm gonna say um okay first off i gotta apologize to kylie jenner so here's the thing you know, I'm not above apologizing, and I think that it's very important that people recognize when they make a mistake, and then they write it. I don't think that there's a problem with making mistakes. I think we as a society, I think that we demonize mistakes, and we don't. Um, there's a, there's one of them, and we don't value. The correction of mistakes so we overvalue mistakes and we undervalue the correction of mistakes and so what that has led to is a society in which people um there's there's two people pretend not to say or not to make mistakes or if they do then they're very hesitant to apologize for it because there's no real value in doing so or no real incentive in doing so. So Kylie Jenner, I am sorry. So apparently, so here's what happened, if you didn't hear the episode. I was talking some mad shit about Kylie Jenner because I read a news article and the news article was wrong. What I read was wrong. There's fake news out there, and it was just wrong. It wasn't completely wrong. It wasn't 100% wrong. But it was misleading in the way that it was presented. Which is just what we consider news these days. So there was a story about how Kylie had created a GoFundMe to pay for her personal assistant's surgery, Uh, some some life-saving surgery that this person had to have. And she got a lot of backlash for it. So the article that I read made it seem like she created the GoFundMe and was asking normal people like you and me to pay for... Her personal assistant surgery when she herself is a billionaire, by the way. I don't know if she's liquid a billion, but she's worth a billion. Either way, uh, there's three. I'll be. I'm gonna be thinking about this all night. So, what really happened? And, and my cousin told me about this, and I believe my cousin. My cousin called me. He's like, "Hey, I listened to the podcast, but you were wrong about this." And he told me I was right. And I was like, oh, "Shit." And I told him immediately, I was like, yeah, I'm going to have to apologize. I'm going to have to make that right. Uh, Four. So she did not actually create the GoFundMe. Somebody else created the GoFundMe. She just promoted it after it had been created by someone else. Then she ended up paying, apparently, according to my cousin, who is always drunk. Not like me not at all like me. He's always drunk. So who knows, you know, maybe he doesn't know what he's talking about. Cousin William, maybe you don't know what you're talking about. Maybe you're wrong. Maybe I was right the whole time. Maybe she is a stupid spoiled whore. Stupid spoiled whore. Ah, this from an old South Park episode by the way. Um 5. So <laughs> she If my cousin, who who I'm just basing what I'm saying right now off of, I'm just trusting him.
1: Uh, Six. So if he's correct, then... uh, Seven. Shit! God, I'm already almost a 10. If he's correct,
0: then that means that she did not create the GoFundMe She promoted it. Then she ended up paying the difference. So she ended up paying for it anyway. She did pay for it, according to my drunk cousin. So, uh, eight. I don't do this when I'm talking to people. Like, if I'm talking to someone in person, I don't do this. I don't say, um, a lot. It's when I'm by myself in an RV down by the pond that I do this. And I guess it's just like this thing. I don't, I don't know why I do it I guess it's just a fill dead air space because I feel like I have to, because there, I feel like there has to be this constant noise or else you're going to tune out. And I shouldn't think that way because I don't feel that way. If I'm listening to a podcast and, you know, two or three seconds of silence go by, I don't think, I don't think of it as a detriment. I don't think of it as something that is a negative toward that show. I don't think that it discredits the person who's speaking in any way. In fact, it's kind of refreshing because there's so much noise in the world, constant noise, Everyone competing for attention. And the way that people try to get your attention is by being the loudest or the most vocal. And by making a lot of sounds, that draws attention. And by drawing attention, that sets them apart. But there's so much going on these days. You can't possibly out speak or outperform or get uh, more attention uh, than the everyone else who's doing the same thing so you maybe you can for a bit but it's not sustainable long term so I think we really need to get back to a time where people just talk like what we're doing right now there's, I know I'm not talking to anybody, I'm talking to uh, a laptop, but people just need to be comfortable with silence and be comfortable with not being constantly bombarded by sounds or images or flashing lights. We need to get to a place where we're comfortable with, with that not happening. So that's why I'm going to try to limit my ums, because I don't need to fill that dead empty space. I can speak deliberately, I can use the amount of words that I need to use, and then I can bore you to death and you tune out and go listen to another podcast. Or someone who is talking constantly and being loud and very crazy. Because that's how the world works. You get bored, you move on to the next thing. You got to have that quick fix. Daddy needs his fix. Just like as I take
1: a drink of alcohol. Deep LMIPA IPA is pretty good. It's
0: a good beer. I like to get the mixed packs like the variety packs where they have like four different beers in a case. It's nice. I like variety. I get bored drinking the same thing. Just like you get bored when I'm not constantly entertaining you with constant noise and flashing lights and salacious humor. Texas Governor Abbott issues executive order to prohibit mandated vaccine passports thank goodness so i don't know how you feel about this but i'm really when i read this i was not bummed down so in case you didn't know and i didn't even know this because i'm so unplugged from society i i, I have netflix news i'm i literally i cut the cord years ago um i don't watch the news I only read it on my news app, and then I just pick the stories that I want to read. I read other stuff other than what I just talked about here. Uh, But a lot of the stuff, I know I said um again, a lot of the stuff that I talk about is stuff that is not necessarily mainstream, nationwide. Not necessarily stuff that you've been beat over the head with, or if it is, I like to kind of give a different perspective on it. So, what had happened? What had happened was that Joe
1: Biden, our dear president, bless his heart, he just he needs to just
0: check into a nursing home and not come out. And wonder why his kids never come to visit because he's crazy. Um, shit. I said it again. So he issued an executive order. I'm sorry, Biden didn't. But Biden is trying to, if I'm not mistaken, I could be wrong here. But he's trying to implement a quote unquote vaccine passport which is kind of like a fast pass at Disney World. Only you can't even get into Disney World without it. Um, It's a piece of paper that just says you've been vaccinated. And I don't want to sound like a know-it-all or like I'm super smart or I can predict the future. But... I'm super smart and I predicted the future because back when this whole thing, like when they started talking about vaccines, making a vaccine because everything was shut down and they weren't letting people interact with each other.
1: Some States worse than others. The first thought that I had was This
0: vaccine is going to allow people to interact with each other. In order to interact with each other, you're going to need the vaccine. You're going to need some kind of proof that you had the vaccine in order to be able to do the things that you used to just do all the time.
1: It just makes sense. You follow the path of logic. It leads you there. And by default,
0: those who do not have this quote unquote vaccine passport will not be allowed to interact with other people and do normal daily things. So by implementing this new policy of requiring this documentation in order to be able to just do what you used to be
1: able to do anyway, you are by default also simultaneously
0: disallowing the people who do not have this proof from being able to go about their normal everyday lives, thereby dividing people even further by creating another subset group of people inside of a subset, inside of a subset. Of people who are vaccinated and can do normal things and people who are not. And then the question becomes, okay, well, why wouldn't you get vaccinated? Well, there's a lot of reasons. There's a lot of reasons why you would not get vaccinated. And reasons that I don't feel like you should be forced to get vaccinated just to be able to do your go about your daily routine. It's great if you want to. I'm not one of those people. I'm not an anti vaxer necessarily like there's it's a spectrum okay i know that it's convenient for people to put people into boxes and say pro vaxxer anti-vaxxer that my mind can can comprehend i can easily take someone and put them into this box or i can put them into this box And mentally, it compartmentalizes everything and it makes it nice and clean. But in reality, it's not that clean. In reality, there are people who are for every single vaccine that comes out. There are people on the opposite end of that spectrum who are against every single vaccine that comes out. And then there's a huge span in the middle of people who are like, okay, I'm for vaccines just in general, like when they're necessary. But I, and, th- and this is where I fall. I am not for unnecessary vaccines. If there was a disease that was going around killing young, healthy people, and myself being a relative, I mean, I'm 36. I'm going to be 37 in June. I'm still considered young. Right, I'm not old, I'm not super young, but you know, um, I just did it again. It's because I'm buying my myself time to think, because you know, there's a lot of things going on in my head,
1: and my default is to do that to buy myself time. So, I'm considered a young person, ish not for
0: long, and I do not have a high risk
1: of death from this disease, okay? So I don't see
0: the need for me to get this vaccine. I have a, statistically speaking, I have a less than 1% chance of dying from COVID, if I even get it to begin with. As a young, healthy person with no underlying pre-existing medical conditions, I have a less
1: than 1% chance of death. If I even get it. If I do not get it,
0: then obviously I have a 0% chance. But what are the chances of me getting it? The chances of me getting it are not...
1: Relatively speaking, they're not that high, especially in every day that goes by. It's getting lower and lower. And you're probably saying, well, yeah, that's because of the
0: vaccine. Okay, but even before the vaccine, the vaccine is very new. Even before the vaccine. If I got it, if you gave it to me right now, if you if you came and you spit in my mouth, if you had COVID, you spit in my mouth. And I got COVID, which by the way, I've already had. And I fought it off and it sucked for a while, but I was fine. It wasn't life threatening. It just sucked. It was like the flu. It just sucked. And it lasted a little longer than the flu, but it just sucked. Okay. So, but it, but it wasn't anything to like shut down the economy over, but that's, I don't even want to go in. So what happened was, or what would happen if I if I got it, if I got COVID, I have a less than 1% chance of dying from it, if I even got it. So my chances of dying from COVID overall, considering the fact that I have to get it first,
1: and it, it's like one tenth of 1%. Now, in other words, by default, that means I have a
0: 99.9% chance of not dying from COVID. If I get this vaccine, which was rushed through clinical trials, I don't know what's in it. I don't know what's in it. I don't know what it's going to do to me. I don't know what the long-term effects are. No one does. Let's stop fucking pretending like we know. We don't. We don't know. We don't know what the long-term effects are. The only way to know what the long-term effects are are to see what the long-term effects are. And we haven't even had time to see what the long-term effects are. So how could we know what the long-term effects are? We don't. So I, seeing that I have a 99.9% chance of not dying from
1: COVID, I don't see the point in getting a vaccine that was rushed through trials, the effects of which are unknown at this point just to avoid a 0.1% chance that I would die. Can you say, the question
0: now is, can you say with 100% certainty that my chances of having some sort of a long-term or even a short-term effect, side effect, detrimental side effect from this vaccine if the chances of me getting sick from the vaccine or having some sort of a long-term effect are not less than 0.1%, it's not worth it. And I cannot say, and no one can say with any degree of certainty that there is a less than 1% chance, I'm sorry, 0.1% chance that I will get some sort of a negative side effect from this vaccine.
1: You can't. I do not
0: see the point in getting it. Now, if I had a 50% chance of dying from COVID, or even less, if if I had like a 20% chance, 25% chance of dying from COVID, I would highly consider it, getting the vaccine. I probably would. I don't know. It's it's hard to say. I don't know. Because we're, we're not in that world and I can talk all the shit I want to. But 0.1%.
1: 0.1. And that may not even be true. Which leads me to my next point. Another
0: story. Here's the headline. One year in, how does COVID-19's toll compare with other causes of death? So now that the coronavirus, I'm just gonna read the read the the snippets of the article that I cut and paste. Now that the coronavirus has been in the United States for roughly a year, new numbers are revealing that the scale of COVID-19's impact on American health, COVID-19 has become the country's third leading cause of death and isn't far behind cancer. Through March 3rd, a total of 518,796. Americans have died of the coronavirus, according to John Hopkins University data.
1: I'll stop there for a second. Have died of the coronavirus. Okay. You know, as well as I do, that that number
0: itself may be super inflated. Even if it's not. Let's just say that number is 100% accurate. And you know they're not erring on the low side. If anything, they're going to highball this number. Okay. It's in their best interest, whoever these people are. It's not in their best interest to downplay this. If anything, it's in their best interest to overplay this. So let's just say that this number is accurate 518,796. Okay. There are 320 million people in the United States. So 500, if I'm just going to round it to 519,000 divided by 320, I think there might be more than 320 million, million,
1: that is 0.16%, which is close to what I said.
0: That's close to what I said. 99.9% safe, 0.1% dangerous. This is 0.16. 0.16%, as they say, which is on the high end. We know it's on the high end because they're not going to downplay this. They're going to overplay
1: this. So on the high end, 0.16%. It's basically one-eighth of 1% or one-sixth, I'm sorry, one-sixth, yeah, something
0: like that, one-eighth would be 0.125, about one-sixth of
1: one percent have died from the coronavirus. Now, that's the high number. Now, from that, let's say, okay,
0: how many of those people were super old? I don't have all the numbers in front
1: of me. But you know that most of, the, most of those people are people who were old. They were very
0: elderly. I mean, 70s, 80s, 90s, that age range. Okay? A big chunk of that. And people in that age range, they die from all kinds of stuff. They die from pneumonia. They die from the flu. They die from falling in breaking a hip and they can't get to the phone and they just lay there. I mean they die from all sorts, but as far as illnesses go. My point is is that they die, okay? From other viruses
1: all the time. So we can throw those out because I can say with a high degree of confidence that
0: they died with the coronavirus. Perhaps they died from the coronavirus directly. But age is a comorbidity factor. A, comorb- a comorbidity factor is a factor that it goes along with the... Re- like, there's, some, there's more than one reason why you died. Like, if you, if you died and you had the coronavirus in you, it doesn't mean that the coronavirus killed you. You could have been obese. You could have been diabetic. You could have also had the flu. So you could have like three comorbidity factors where it wasn't just had you just had had you been a healthy person who wasn't obese and didn't have the flu, you would have died like the coronavirus wouldn't have killed you. So if you take out all the elderly who die of other viruses all the time anyway, before 2020. They were dying from the flu, from pneumonia, from all those other viruses, right? If you take out them, and then you take out the people who weren't old, but had several comorbidity
1: factors where they were in very poor health to begin with, then that number goes way down.
0: So we started off at 0.16% on the high end. Now, we're talking about, like, less than one. Now, by the time you, you – and, and, of course, I'm estimating. Like, I I don't have the exact numbers in front of me, but I can say, like, even if we're, what, we're splitting hairs here, even if it was the full
1: number that they said, that's still 0.16%. Okay? It's an extremely tiny number. You're 99.84% safe
0: even with the number that they gave. And that's after a year. And that's on the high end. And that's including all of the elderly. That's including all of the people who died with comorbidity factors, who were in poor health to begin with, with underlying medical conditions. That's including all the people who may not have even died from the coronavirus. They may have just died with it. They may have died from something else and then they just had, had it in their system at the time. And then they chalked it up to a coronavirus death because they got more funding that way.
1: So my point is, is that it goes back to the whole vaccine
0: thing. When Governor Abbott waived the requirement for the vaccine passport that Biden is trying to implement. He's trying to implement this thing on 100% of the people over something that on the high end affects only 0.16%. And listen, it sucks for the 0.16%. It does. And I'm sorry, like on an individual level, it sucks. And I'm sorry. But if we're talking about society as a whole if we're talking about the country as a whole this was nothing i haven't even looked up what the numbers were of what the what the flu killed you ever notice that the flu just disappeared like there was no there's nothing on the flu you hear nothing on the flu maybe it's just because we're not looking at it maybe it's because we're not studying it we're not keeping track of it because we're more focused on other things but I have to think that some of the people who got sick and went and got covid tests because when you go and you get you get covid tested see this is what people think people think that you go and you get tested and it will tell you whatever you have and that's not how it works when you go get tested you're getting tested for something specific there's two outcomes on a simple test there is yes you do have covid or no, you do not have COVID. There's not a test. Now, you can get blood work done where like you get blood drawn and it gets sent off to a lab and you wait a couple of weeks and then it comes back and it tells you everything that's in your blood. It'll tell you your red blood cell count, your white blood cell count, your platelet count. It'll tell you all that stuff about every single little thing that's in your bloodstream at the time that the blood was drawn. But when you just go get like a simple test, like you get, go get the flu test, you get tested for the flu, it comes back as positive or negative. That's it. It'll tell you, yes, you have the flu or no, you don't. It won't tell you if you have other stuff in your body. So when you go get a COVID test, it's COVID positive or COVID negative. So you know, everyone who was sick, they may have been sick with the flu and then they go get COVID tested. And it comes back negative. Or maybe it's a it's a positive, but it's a false positive. Because there were some false positives. There's always false positives. Don't say that there's no. If the number of false positives is greater than zero, there's false positives. And that's all I'm saying. I'm just saying that the number is not zero. The number of false positives is not zero. Okay. So how many of those 500, that 0.16%, how many of that 0.16% of the
1: American population was false? I don't know. Hold on. I need to drink more beer. This is part of the silence we need to be comfortable with. Okay.
0: So i that's why I'm not opposed to Greg Abbott saying you don't have to have this piece of paper saying that you got a vaccine for this thing just to be able to do your normal everyday life. Um, there it is again, more than 4,000 blood tests suggest our bodies age in three distinct shifts so this was kind of interesting this was a article i came across it was um these people have their blood drawn i'll read it to you in a second and basically it turns out that your body doesn't age it's not a linear digression i would i would say progression but it's not a progression it's a I guess it's a progression of aging. Your your body doesn't age. It's not a linear progression of aging is what I'm trying to say. Uh, It's not like you start off at birth and then you age and the line goes in a straight line up and to the right until you hit a certain age and then you die. It
1: seems now
0: that it actually happens in three Distinct phases where you're young, and then suddenly overnight, you just kind of get a lot older, and then more time goes by, and you kind of stay that age for a while, and then suddenly overnight, you get a lot older, and then you stay that age for a while, and then suddenly overnight, you get a lot older, and then you just die. So In terms of biological aging, the body seems to shift gears three times during our lifespans. Research from 2019 suggests with 34 years, 60 years, and 78 years being the key thresholds. The team analyzed data from the blood plasma of 4,263 people aged 18 to 95 Looking at the levels of around 3000 different proteins moving through these biological systems, yada, yada. The researchers were able to set up a system whereby the mix of 373 selected proteins in the blood could be used to accurately predict someone's age within around three
1: years or so. So, Basically, what they're doing is they're measuring the
0: amount of proteins that we know
1: are conducive to a healthy body, in layman's terms. So by looking at the number of proteins, you can get
0: some sort of an objective measure of health based on the concentration of each of these hundreds of different kinds of proteins that are essential to vitality. And by researching the blood of over 4,000 people of various ages, they spotted a trend. And the trend was that apparently before 34 years old, And after 34 years old, there is a distinct uncharacteristic dip in the amount of these proteins. And there's another, and then it kind of levels off between 34 and 60. And at 60, there's another dip. On average, there's probably a standard deviation of a couple of years or so in there, but I mean this is all ballpark. But basically, the point is that sometime around the age of of 34, these proteins take a dive, and then around 60 they take another dive, and 78 they take another dive, and eventually they're they dive into nothing, and you're dead. Uh. And the more we know about getting older, the more we can do to counteract it. That can inform everything from knowing what to drink and eat to potentially add on a couple years of life, to identifying treatments to stave off some of the worst age-related afflictions. Quote, ideally, you'd want to know how virtually anything you took or did affects your physiological age, end quote. So... I think that's interesting that you could have some sort of an objective like because you can't really measure objectively what your age like you have your age and years of how long you've been here, then you have your physiological age. So you know, you can see two people who are the same age and they are vastly different physiologically, like you can see someone who's 60 and they're broken down and can hardly move. And then you can see someone who's 60 and they're still up. They run marathons. They go to the gym every day, stuff like that, right? So, you know, your physiological age doesn't always necessarily match your age in terms of number of years that you've been on the planet. And that makes sense. And so now there's this objective way that we can kind of get an idea of what your actual physiological age, not you know, we know how old you are, then we know how long, we know how many trips around the sun you've made on this planet, but how do you fare physiologically? And what I thought was interesting was that they could predict the age of the people. Within three years on average. So three years plus or minus, which makes me think if you could get like from a crime scene, if you could get like a blood sample from a crime scene, not only would you have that person's DNA, and if you don't already have their DNA on file, you can't match it. It's not like it is in like on TV where you get dna and then suddenly you can you you know who that person is. But in fact, you know what? I'm going to come back to this if I remember. But I saw another story. This isn't like part of part of what I was going to talk about. But I saw this other story and all I saw basically was the headline, like the opening paragraph. I didn't really read too much into it. I kind of skimmed through it. But there was this guy in new york who i don't know how he fucking did this it wasn't a guy was it a guy or was it a museum i can't remember there was some public place where someone or some group of people was taking dna from random shit off the street of new york and they were basically reverse engineering the dna to read and tell what that person looks like just from a dna sample like if you chewed gum and you spit your gum out on the on the sidewalk they could come by and pick up the gum extract your dna from the gum Use that to figure out what you look like. And then they made like these 3D molds of these people's faces and put them on the wall. Now, how do you know that this is real? How do you know that that's even possible? I I don't know that you do. Like they could have just made a bust of, of anyone's face. And hung it up on the wall and said, Oh, yeah, we, we use the super high tech technology to uh, reverse engineer their, their DNA to figure out what their face looks like. And how could you prove them wrong? Like, you couldn't, they couldn't prove themselves right, but you also couldn't prove them wrong. So you're like, eh, maybe. I mean, it's hanging up on a wall in a museum. Maybe. I, I don't know if that story's true but reading this it just kind of made me think of it because if you could do that let's say you could do that let's say you could see what someone looked like from a dna sample and then with this you could even predict their age so you could basically just take any sort of dna sample a hair you found a hair or if you found you know someone spit if they bled or whatever Um, you could take that and you could figure out not only what they look like, but also their age within a couple of years. And then you could really narrow down your search and, you know, that would, uh, that would be something like some sort of futuristic crime fighting shit. I don't know. That's what I was thinking. The more we know about getting older, the more we can do to counteract it this person says that can inform everything from knowing what to drink and eat to potentially add on a couple of years of life to identifying treatments yada yada i read that already and i just realized i read that already um but another thing that that makes me think of is when they're talking about how to counteract aging uh, there's some people some people in the scientific community who I can't remember who they are. I don't remember their names, but I, you know, I listen to a lot of podcasts. I listen to a lot of people who are smarter than me because I like listening to people who are smarter than me because it makes me feel like I'm getting smart. If you listen to people that are dumber than you, you're going to get dumber, right? Like you you, you guys are going to meet in the middle, but I feel like, and even, this may not be true. I may be just the same amount of stupid that I used to be this entire time I've been alive, but if I feel like if I listen to smarter people, I might meet them in the middle. I'm not going to be as smart as they are, but I'm going to be smarter than I am now. So I listen to a lot of smart people. I'm always <laughs> trying to get smarter and learn. It's one of my favorite things to do. And so um, I I was listening to someone and they said that they thought this was a, a, science, a scientist, professional scientist. I, I don't remember who. That the person that that the first person to live forever may already be alive right now may already be born and the way that they explained it and it made it makes sense is that by the time if someone was born, you know, today
1: by the time that person is 50 you know we will, with medical advances
0: and scientific advances and, and like what we're talking about right here with with, with the measuring the proteins and kind of being able to dial in how you could extend your life. As time goes by, we're only going to get better at that. And so by the time this person is 50, let's say the average life expectancy for a guy right now is 80. let Let's just, I, I don't know what it is exactly. I know it's somewhere around 80. let's say that this this kid is is a boy and it's um, and they're born sometime you know they're born today and by the time they're 50 we're gonna have figured out how to extend the average life expectancy to 100 so he's only 50 now he's got another 50 years and in those 50 years because you know how technology always increases exponentially knowledge always increases exponentially. So in those 50 years, it may only take another 25 years to figure out how to extend it another 50. So now this person's life expectancy went from 80 to 100 initially. And then in those extra 20 years, they found out a way to extend it another 20 or 30 or 40. And then in those 20, 30, 40 years, they figured out a way to extend it another 30, 40, 50 years. And so you could see how, like, this person just keeps gaining time. Like, time is still going by. This person is still aging physiologically. But we figured out these ways to extend life expectancy more and more and the more we do it the more time you get and the more time we have to figure out how to extend it even more so that's kind of creepy to think about i mean we're already overpopulated as it is like we've got more people than the earth can realistically handle long term
1: and if we just keep living, and we never die. I mean, what's what's the end game there?
0: Yeah, I mean that's a legit question. Like, what, what what's the end game? How does this end? Does it end with there being fifty billion people on the planet and no one ever dies? And then it goes to a hundred billion and then it goes to two hundred like you would literally run out of room at some point. The inevitable end result, you play that out to its conclusion, and the inevitable end result is that we've just run out of room. We don't just need room to live. We need room to grow food. And guess what? Not all of the land mass is farmable. Most of the earth is water. What's not water is not all farmable land. <laughs> I mean... What do you think is going to happen? That's not a good thing. So here's what I think is going to happen. Ooh, okay. I'm going to say this and I'm going to say another conspiracy that I think that, that I have that I could be wrong on. But what if I'm not? That's the fun part about a conspiracy. I'm not a big conspiracy guy. Like I don't really take them to heart, but I do wonder. I'm like, oh shit. What if? So the... The the Well, let me just tell you the, the conspiracy I have. So with this whole COVID vaccine thing, I was thinking, I was like, oh, shit. And I was talking to somebody. I can't remember who it was. I wish I could remember. I talked to a lot of people. But we were talking. And then we brought up we, the, the idea of how the vaccine could be making people sterile came up. And I was like, oh, fuck. What if that's what's happening? Because, you know, like this whole technology about living forever, it's only going to be available to people who can afford it. It's going to be extremely expensive. It's going to be some sort of like gene therapy. You're going to have to go to some specialist and there's only like two of them in the entire world. And only the super rich are going to be able to afford this treatment
1: to be able to live basically forever. Okay. So only the super rich are going to be able to do that. Now, let's double up on that. So let's say
0: that all of this is like a conspiracy to make all the poor people sterile. So that when
1: poor people are sterile,
0: eventually they'll all age out and die. And the only people left will be those who are in the know about not taking the vaccine and their kids and their kids' kids. And so once we all age out because we can't have kids because we're all sterile, then the only people left will be those who were in the know who were also the super rich. And that's why they're in the know is because they're connected. Because they're super rich, right? and they will have figured out how to live forever so now all of us normal folk are gone and only the super duper rich are left and they can just live here forever
1: but then i thought that through further and i was like
0: yeah but super duper rich people ain't gonna fix septic systems when they're when when they stop working they're not going to be down with their head in a toilet in a plunger plunging shit out of the sewer lines to get them working again they're not going to fix the roads and the infrastructure but they might have like robots that do all that shit for them maybe elon is in on all this i bet elon elon's one of those super rich right i bet him and jeff bezos are sitting around fucking making plans right now about all the robots that are going to do all the stupid grunge work jobs that all the stupid poor people like being you are doing right now and once we're all gone the robots are going to do all the jobs to keep to make their life perfect and they're going to be the only ones around and they're going to live forever and then elon's going to go to mars And he's going to be alone. He's going to figure out that that was such a stupid fucking idea to try to colonize Mars. Why? When you could just spend that same amount of money to try to fix earth and we could stay here where we're already perfectly adapted to living and suited to. That's what drives me crazy about Elon Musk. Like I like a lot of things about Elon Musk. But one thing I don't like is how he's investing all of his time and energy into settling another fucking planet, as if that's something that the common man can do. Like, that's, that is not a venture for me and you. That is a venture for the people who can afford it. Do you know how insanely expensive it is to go to Mars? Jesus Christ! I mean you you think that they're just going to be like selling tickets to normal people like you and me for a couple hundred bucks to go to Mars and live there and it's going to be nice and dandy no it's not if you can even afford it your body's not adapted to live in that environment i'm sorry our bodies are specifically evolved and adapted over a very long period of time to live here with this gravity and this atmospheric pressure, and these nutrients that are available here, and this temperature, all these factors make a difference, okay? You can't just, like, hop on another planet, and then everything's the same. Your organs don't function the same in low gravity. They don't. You're, that's why astronauts have to like constantly work out to keep their bone density from going to fucking zero. And I guess if you're never going to come back to Earth, it doesn't matter if you go to Mars and your bone density goes to shit because you don't have to support as much weight because it's two-thirds the size of Earth. So therefore it's two-thirds the gravity. so therefore you weigh two-thirds as much as you do here. and you can afford to lose one third of bone density and muscle density power i don't know what you would call it and you can afford to i guess if you're going to stay there right but then how does that affect your heart how does that affect your blood flow how does that in turn also affect your organ functions long term i'm talking long term here okay and even then that's if you get there how much does it cost to get there that's not something you're going to be able to afford. You and your broke-ass kids aren't going to be going to Mars. I'm sorry. You're going to be trapped on Earth with all the the plastic in the 120-degree winters. Well, actually, it'll probably, it'll probably be an ice age because when the Earth gets that hot, like it has self-corrective measures to make it cold again, so it'll get really hot and then it'll get really cold for like a long time and then it'll slowly warm back up but by that time you're going to be fucking long gone. You're going to be dead. Okay? So my point is, guys, can we just stop with this Mars shit? Can we please stop? Can we take all that time and money and energy And can we invest it into fixing this planet? Maybe. Maybe we could fix the inner cities and maybe we could pay teachers more. Maybe we could improve public education. Maybe we could improve our infrastructure. Maybe. I mean, there's a lot of things we could do with that money and that time and that energy that we could fix this place. Why are we trying to just blow up this place? We're so fucking anxious to blow up this place and go settle to a new place. And then what? So we can fuck that place up too and just have to eventually move to fucking Jupiter? Guess what? Jupiter's made of gas. There is no solid surface on Jupiter. It is a gas giant, okay? There might be a solid surface on Jupiter, like way down the core but you're going to be dead way before you reach it. It is not a suitable place for life, okay? What's the end game here? Guys, there there's only one logical conclusion. We can't planet hop in the future. I know they're like if the human species is to survive, the only way is to planet hop and go to other planets and settle. Them. Okay, you're going to figure out how to travel a thousand light years away to the nearest habitable planet, which there is no habitable planet that we know of a thousand light years away. That's close. Do you know how far a thousand light years is? A thousand light years. That's how long it takes you to get there if you travel the speed of light. A light year is a distance, that's how far light goes in a year. If I sh- turn on a flashlight, and this is a flashlight that's special. And it's got like a beam that never fades out. It just stays straight and it never fades away. If I have like the, you know, this imaginary flashlight that doesn't exist. But my point is, is that the amount of how far that light would go in a year is a light year. That's one. We're talking thousands of those. And then even if we get there, we may not be able to grow the same crops that we grow here because maybe the soil composition is completely different in our crops. The food that we eat, we eat plants or we eat animals that eat the plants. We have to have plants that we can eat. The soil may not be hospitable for plants, for plant life as we know it, that our
1: bodies are specifically suited to be able to digest. What, are, what the fuck are we doing? This is not a
0: long-term solution. This is just another band-aid. The long-term solution
1: is to fix this planet, to fix Earth. Let's get the fucking plastic out of the oceans. Let's stop putting so much shit into the air. Okay.
0: Let's take care of this place. Think about it. Think it through. Transgender community comes together to address new Fairness Act. So the Fairness Act, when I first read what the Fairness Act was, I thought that the Fairness Act was like a pro-trans act, where it was making it so that trans people could compete in sports. Well, let me say this trans people could compete in the division of sports which is the gender that they are now newly associated with i thought that that's what it was but in fact i was pleasantly surprised to hear that when they said fairness what they meant was keeping biological dudes from competing against biological girls oh my god you're a transphobe oh my god no just shut the fuck up no i'm not put your twitter thumbs away and let me finish and you're going to agree with me by the time i'm done with what i'm about to
1: say after i take this drink of beer first of all if you're a wokester what the fuck you doing listening to this
0: Take your ass somewhere else. I don't want you listening to my shit. Because the only reason you're listening is so that you can just cherry pick the things that
1: you don't like and then complain about them because you don't have a life. Get a fucking life. Says the guy who makes a podcast that no one listens to. Yeah.
0: I know. I'm a hypocrite, but I'm willing to admit it. Go fuck yourself. Members of the transgender community hosted an awareness press conference over the weekend in response to the state's Fairness Act being signed into law. The new law bans biological men from participating in women's sporting events in both public schools and universities. Members of the community responded to what they considered a targeted and unfair piece of legislation. Members of the trans community, that is, members of the trans community said they considered that an unfair piece of legislation to keep biological males from competing against biological females. Do you realize the entire fucking reason we have boy sports and girl sports is to keep it fair, you fucking dumbass? Jesus Christ, no one has a problem. And I've said this before no one had a problem when they said, let's take sports and let's make the boys compete against boys and girls compete against girls. And everyone thought that was fair. And that's always been considered fair. And no one's ever questioned that because it's fucking objectively fair because there are physiological differences between men in general. And women in general. I say in general because, sure, there are some some women, some very highly athletic women who could fuck up some very lowly athletic men. That there is like an overlap there. It's not the rule, it's the exception to the rule. The rule is that in general, Men and women, there is a significant physiological difference, period. We've always known this. This has always been the case. No one has ever argued that point ever.
1: Then, suddenly, within the past couple of years, trans,
0: well, I'm sorry, biological males wanted to transition into becoming a female. When I say biological males, I'm saying they're males biologically. That is what they were born as. Their bodies developed as a male with the physiological attributes of a male, as all males do. And then later on, they did something to make to, to identify as females to some degree, some more than others. Maybe some go through more of a process than others whatever but the point is is that all that shit that happened when they were a male all that development all that muscle tissue all that bone density that shit doesn't just disappear because you decided you want to be a girl now that doesn't just go away this is what i don't get like what do what do you how do you think this works Do you think that they decide that they want to be a girl and then suddenly they lose all that extra muscle mass and they lose all that extra height and they lose all that extra bone density? Do you think that's
1: what happens? That's not how it works. All that shit's still there. It's still there. (laughs) Okay. And
0: the whole reason we separated boys sports and girls sports is because it's no fun to watch the boys kick the shit out of the girls. It's not fair. In denying transgender female athletes the opportunity to participate in the, quote, appropriate sex-specific team, vague, the law fails to promote sex equality. No, sex equality doesn't mean... How is it equal? If I were to take, forget if they're trans or not, forget if they're trans or not. If I took a biological male and I put them in a competition with a biological female, that was, it it was an equitable competition. I'm not saying take a pro athlete female and put them against a dude who is obese and a couch potato. I'm not saying that. I'm saying the, the, the equivalent in the opposite sex. Take a biological male and then take the biological female equivalent of that male. Put them against each other. How is that fair? The women are going to get their ass kicked every single time. Most times. Most times. The vast majority of the time. This is why we separated sports a long time ago into boys' and girls' divisions. And you didn't have a problem with that. But suddenly now a boy wants to play a girls' sport and you think that they should be allowed to do that. And I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, well, no, 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 it's not the same because this boy is trans. But again... Physiologically, there is it's it's the same. Physiologically, all like I just said, that muscle tissue, that bone density, that extra height, the length of the limbs, all that shit, these physiological objective differences, they don't go away. They're still there. When you're running, when two people are running, it doesn't fucking matter what that person claims that they are, what they identify as. It doesn't matter. What matters Is bone density,
1: muscle power, and height. That's what matters. Okay. And that shit's
0: the same regardless of whether they identify as trans or not. So, how is it fair? How is it more fair for the girl? Think about this from the other perspective. You're not thinking of, you're only fucking thinking from the selfish perspective of the trans kid. Because you are, in whatever reason, for whatever reason, in the trans camp. And that's fine. I'm not anti-trans. I'm not. If you want to be trans, it's fine. We're not talking about everyday life. We're talking about athletic competition. Where physiological differences make a difference. That's what we're talking about. We are not talking about getting hired at Home Depot. We're not talking about being able to go to school and get educated. We're not talking about normal everyday life. We're talking about competing in athletics. That's what we're talking about. I am not anti-trans. I am all whatever. It does not negatively affect me in any way. If you want to identify as trans, if you want to identify as whatever you want, it does not have an impact on my life. I don't care. We're only talking about in the context of athletic competition, where physiological differences between biological males and biological females do matter. It is not unfair to keep them separate. Think about this from the biological females point of view. You are a biological female. You are you are a top athlete you're a top female athlete you outwork all of your female counterparts you are the best biological female in your sport in your area and then along comes some biological male regardless of whether they identify as trans or not the physiological differences remain This biological male comes along and kicks
1: the shit out of you in competition. As they will do. I'm sorry. That's just what happens.
0: Okay. It doesn't mean that women are inferior. It just means that biological males have a physiological advantage. It doesn't mean you're not as worthy as a person. We love you. We fucking love. Let me see. I'm a biological male and i fucking love biological females. Holy shit. I don't care if you can bench press a lot. I don't care if you can run real fast. I love you. Do you understand? You don't have to do all that. Okay? You're fine. It's fine. We're all fine, okay? I don't think less of you because you can't do those things. That stuff does not factor into our mindset, okay? But people of equitable athletic physiological abilities should be paired up with other people that's that's why we have age divisions in addition to not only do we have gender divisions but we also have age divisions why so that older kids who have a physiological advantage similar to how males do against females don't compete against younger kids
1: who don't have the same physiological advantages because it would not be a fair Uh, contest it wouldn't so for you to say that it's not fair
0: to not allow males biological males to compete against biological females is insane it's just insane
1: (sighs) and speaking of that there's uh there's a ufc fighter
0: named fallon fox who is trying to get Joe
1: Rogan canceled. And you don't fuck with my boy, Joe. That's my boy. I love Joe Rogan.
0: He's got the number one podcast in the world. And he doesn't have the number one podcast in the world because he's fooling everybody. People like what he has to say. You know why people like what he has to say? It's because most people agree with him. I'm one of those people. Okay? He shoot. He, he just talks straight. Talks. He's representative of that giant middle section, not the far left, not the far right, but the giant middle section that's in the middle where the vast majority of people actually are, regardless of what you might see in mainstream media.
1: He's representative of that. And he said the same thing that I just said.
0: Because in the UFC, the Fallon Fox is a UFC fighter. This is a biological male who is a biological male for decades before becoming a female, before transitioning. And this biological male, who has only relatively
1: recently become what they they claim to be a female, goes in and starts beating the shit out of
0: biological women in the face, beating the shit out of them. And he dared question whether
1: or not this should be allowed. If you have a biological male going in and punching the shit
0: out of a biological, notice, I'm not saying if they, what, what they identify doesn't matter. What they identify as does not matter. Biological male, biological female. The male goes in and kicks the shit out of a woman. That's not okay. What happened to all of the the, the women's rights activists where they went from a man should never hit a woman, there's no excuse, which there is. Bill Burr has a uh, a funny bit. I don't know if I mentioned this before, but he has a funny bit that he does about how Sure, there's lots of reasons why why a man could hit a woman. Sure, but this is not one of them. Not not in a contest, not in a physical fighting contest where the job is to beat the other person unconscious or until they give up. That is not something that a biological male and a biological female should be engaged in. And he said that he did not agree with a biological male beating the shit out of a biological female in the face. He's not. If you listen to his I listen to his podcast, I listen to most of them. I listen to this one that they're talking about. That's in question here. If you listen to it, he says like a thousand times that he's not transphobic, he doesn't have anything against trans people. His only issue is with this one thing of biological males beating up biological females in a physical, in a, in a contest of physical violence. That's his only, and he's just talking about it. He's just asking a
1: question, and he's getting called on to be canceled for that. Here's, here's what I don't like. like here's, here's the problem. I don't have a problem with you being
0: trans, but you can't fucking tell me, or even supporting trans people. If you're not even trans, but you just support trans people, fine. So do I in every other context, other than athletic competition, especially fighting in every other context. Fine. I'm in support of you. I hope that you live a long and very happy life doing whatever it is that you want to do. I do. Honestly. But when you tell me that we can't even ask questions about it when it pertains to something like this, when it comes to physical violence, and you say that we can't even question it, or else we're labeled a transphobe and we're called on to have our careers tanked and the income that we use to support our families taken away from us. I say us, like I'm one of the people, I'm not, I get no money for this. I'm just saying I'm I'm speaking in general like for I'm speaking on behalf of everyone not just people who are in podcasting not that I even claim to be in pod, I haven't been in it long enough to be one of those people but I but what I'm saying is anyone anyone who is going to be possibly canceled or or be fired from a job
1: because they dared to ask a question when they prefaced that question
0: with listen I'm not transphobic I'm just asking a question and then they ask a question when they can't even do that you're basically saying these things are okay to say these things are not okay to say and when you if you say something that we deem we being who, who's we I don't know who is we when you say something that we deem to be unacceptable, we can take your entire life away because we don't like what you said. When we have this First Amendment that says that we can say whatever we want to say, the same that, that First Amendment is in the same fucking
1: Constitution that gives you the right to be trans in the first place. You fucking hypocrite. Go fuck yourself all right i feel better now
0: but there is some good news though uh not only is joe rogan not getting canceled because spotify said uh fuck you we just wrote this guy a giant fucking check and we're not about to just flush that down the toilet because your snowflake ass got offended when you shouldn't be beating up on biological females in the first place you fucking cunt um, also, there was a, in, uh, I don't know where this, what, what university this was. It just says the university, oh, Shawnee State University. I don't know where that is. Uh, professor who refused to call student by preferred pronoun wins in federal court. Yay. So apparently he went to federal court. How do you go to federal court because you refuse to call a student
1: by their, quote, preferred pronoun? Like, federal court? You were so butthurt. You were so fucking butthurt that you had to make such a big stink about
0: it that this guy had to go to federal court to defend himself. Because he sued the guy, the the teacher, the one that's not trans. The teacher who refused to call the trans kid by whatever pronoun the trans kid wanted to be called by. He's the one who sued the university because the university was going to fire him. The university was going to strip his livelihood away from him because he refused to be forced to say something he did not want to say. Think about that. Somebody comes up to you and says, say this. And you say, no, I'm not going to say that. Say this. No, I don't want to say that. You fucking say this or your whole life is ruined. What are you talking about? I don't want to say this. It's not something that I want to say. Why are you trying to make me say this? All right, we're going to ruin your fucking life. And then you have to sue that person. Just to not have your life taken from you because you didn't want to say something they were trying to force you to say. It doesn't matter what the thing is that they were trying to force you to say. It doesn't matter. That's not the point here. The point here is that you cannot force someone into compliance, especially when it comes to speech, which is literally the first fucking thing that the founding fathers addressed. That's literally the first thing they thought about. They said, we're going to make a new country. What's the
1: most important thing? Uh, Freedom of speech. Boom. First one. Number one on the list. You cannot force someone to say something that they do not want to say. And you can't take their lives away because they don't want to say the thing that you want them to say. And that person should not have to go to federal court just to keep his life from being taken by that action. Uh, Nicholas Merriweather,
0: a professor at Shawnee State University, explained to Fox News host Tucker Carlson why he sued the university after he was told he created a, quote, hostile environment. By not calling a transgender student by the preferred pronoun. Okay, so he created a hostile environment. Why did he create the hostile environment? Why didn't the student create the hostile environment? It seems like the student was the one raising the stink. Like demanding that he be called or she or whatever be called whatever it doesn't say if it's trans girl or boy and he said uh the, the teacher the professor said well basically if i had not sued i would have been fired i would have been terminated that was one reason it wasn't the only reason the other was as you say as you just said I think we just need to stand up against it. And I don't think that we are losing our academic. No, I'm sorry. And I do think that we are losing our academic freedom. We are losing our freedom to disagree. And until people stand up to it, I think it's just going to get much, much worse, much, much faster. Yeah, didn't like
1: universities used to be a place where you would talk shit out? that was kind of the whole point was
0: you could go and freely express ideas and talk about things and 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 come to a resolution and it was just an an open forum for free thought but now we've gotten to this point to where we're like free thought is okay as long as it's the free thought that we have Proactively decided is allowable. So, sure, you have freedom of speech, but only within these boundaries that we have already agreed upon that are okay to be within.
1: And that's not what freedom of speech means. Like, you could, I don't, I can't imagine someone
0: calling me a girl and i'd be like no because i'm a i'm obviously a guy i'm a biological male i'm what you would call a cis male why the fuck do i have to have the burden of having a label 99 percent of people are not trans and so we got to make the 99 percent who aren't trans have a label and call it cis what
1: the fuck so anyway i am a biological male always have been and
0: that's what i identify as by the way still but let's say you called me a girl
1: and i said i'm not a girl i'm a boy and you said no fuck you justin you're a girl i'd be like
0: no that's not what i am i'm a boy you say fuck you you girly girl you sissy girl why don't you go play with your dolls you sissy girl Could I literally? Could you imagine me going and and crying, trying to get that person and their entire livelihood taken from them? Why the fuck is this different? I know what you're you're, what you're saying. You're saying, oh well, no, it's it's different because this is something that the person can't control. This is like some sort of an affliction, or uh, uh, some uh, maybe not an affliction. Maybe it's not the right word, but but it's some sort of it's something that they can't control. So therefore, you're not allowed. To discriminate against this person again with, with something that they cannot control. uh Well, first of all, I, I I don't know if it's something that you can' control. I don't. I mean you can maybe feel like you're supposed to be a girl. and but uh, like how how are we supposed to objectively say whether or not this person can or can't control, their desire to want to be like you used to just be super gay. If you are a guy, you just be super feminine, you just be super gay. Only recently was it where and, and maybe you dress up in ladies' clothes, and that's how drag got started, right? It's like, oh yeah, we're just gonna let it all, we're just gonna go uh go crazy, you know, on Saturday nights down at the club, and I'm gonna dress up like Dolly Parton and sing Jolene. And that's how I'm going to express myself. And then the rest of the week, I'll go back. But but then it was like, oh, no, that's not good enough. We're going to be like a girl 24-7. I'm going to chop my penis off. I'm going to take hormone therapies. I'm going to like literally change my chemistry, my body chemistry, to become something else. Okay, that's fine. Once again, no problem. You do what you do, boo. Fine. Doesn't bother me. But don't you fucking tell me. That I have to say something that I don't know. And if you want, listen, me personally, if you're a trans girl and you want me to call you a girl, even though you're a biological male, I'll call you a girl personally, me personally, but I'm not talking about me personally. I'm talking about in general, in general, the, it's a slippery slope playing with that power of, of, controlling people and telling them what they can and can't say what they can and can't believe it literally goes against the fundamental ideals that this country was founded on the very country in which you reap
1: the benefits of being a member of it contradicts those principles
0: so so don't tell me that you're entitled to these rights and freedoms and i'm not you're literally creating separate classes of people. You're trying to divide people into groups and say you're in here, you're a transphobe, you're over here, you're my friend. It's much more complicated than that, which ties back in to the whole vaccine thing that we started off the show with. Okay, all these things just seek to divide us. These are not things that we have to that we have to Used as excuses to create further divisions between us is my point let it go let it go so the guy called you a boy let it go let it go he's got a family and shit
1: he needs that money To pay his bills,
0: go to your
1: next class and forget he said anything. We're going to end on a high note. Dallas woman gets five years for
0: fatal silicone buttocks injection in St. Louis hotel room dallas that's my hood that's my hood i don't live in dallas proper but i live in the dallas area you know if you're from dallas they'll be like where are you from dallas oh what part plano (laughs) it's so fucking big it just swallows up all these surrounding towns and suburbs that in and of themselves are actually still pretty big like a suburb, a small suburb of Dallas, maybe like 300,000 people. I'm from Dallas. What part? McKinney. Um, so a Dallas woman was sentenced to five years in prison last week in the 2015 death of a New York City nightclub dancer From a silicone buttocks injection in a St. Louis airport hotel room. Dasha Phillips, 22, died in July 2015 from a silicone pulmonary embolism four days after receiving an, an illegal cosmetic procedure involving a silicone injection into her buttocks at a hotel near the St. Louis airport. Natika Lee, now 49 was charged with manslaughter but remained at large until she was arrested by dallas police in july 2020 the silicone reportedly got into phillips's bloodstream and traveled to her lungs she reported having trouble breathing and died four days after the procedure nikita lee pleaded guilty to involuntary manslaughter on april 1st she was then sentenced to five years in prison lee who is not a medical professional has already served time in prison for robbery burglary and theft according to the post dispatch i'm gonna pee for a second hold on don't go anywhere i'm
1: gonna pee so here's what i'm thinking talk to you while i'm peeing if you're 22 years old
0: and you're a stripper and you want a fake butt, and you're so desperate to get a fake butt that you would go meet some random ass woman from Dallas who you know good and damn well is not a medical professional in some sketchy
1: ass airport hotel room in St. Louis, Missouri and you get some half-ass discount ass injections. I'm sorry, but that's on you. That's fucking on you. I'm still peeing by the way. Oh my God, there is so much pee in here. I didn't know bladder could hold that much pee. Jesus Christ. Should I just be done already? Just keeps coming out. All right, shit, I'm
0: back. Golly, it just kept coming and coming and coming. Just like my ex girlfriends. Heyo! All right. Um, so yeah, like I was saying, if you if you go fly from Brooklyn to St. Louis, Missouri to get an ass injection from some rando
1: who's not a medical professional it, I mean isn't a little bit of that on you?
0: Here's here. Okay, I'm going to take a very unpopular stance on this. Here's what I'm saying. I don't hate this lady who gave the ass injection. I think she's an entrepreneur. I, now, listen, I know she was in jail for like burglary and shit like that. But let's forget about that for a second. Let's just put that to the side. Let's just put that to the side just for a second. All right, let's just say... This, this lady's an entrepreneur, okay? Yeah, she doesn't have a medical profession, but she was out there hustling. She was trying to make that paper. I mean, yeah, she was doing, you know, some stuff that was a little reckless and response, but who hasn't, like, which, who of us hasn't done that, you know, to make a little extra coin? So, I mean, I don't, I'm not mad at this lady. Listen. Here's the thing. I'm a big believer in the free market. All right. If you are dumb enough to pay someone money who is not a medical professional and you're willing to pay them money to get that injection in a sketchy St. Louis airport hotel room, then listen. The free market will correct itself because one of two things is going to happen. Either there's not enough dumbasses who will fall for that, and that lady will go out of business and she will no longer be doing those ass injections. Or two, there are enough dumbasses who will go to that lady and then they will die, and then there will be no more dumbasses to go to that lady okay that's the beautiful thing about a free market i'm a big free market guy i think you should just let stuff play out just let that shit play out
1: in the end the weak will perish because you can't keep that shit up forever you can't keep you
0: can't keep fooling people for years and years and and if you do Listen, if you do, if you do fool that many people and no one dies and they're happy and they pay you money and they're willing to pay you money to get a fake ass and you're willing to give it and no one's dying and you can continually get business and referrals. That's what, that's just business. Who cares if you have a medical license or not? I'm going to prove it to you right fucking now. So here's. Here's the deal. What if she did have a medical license? Are you telling me that people who don't, who have a medical license, I'm sorry, who do have a medical license, don't kill people? My, my very own grandmother died from a mistake made by a surgeon in a hospital. She died from that person. She was not
1: supposed to die and she died from that person who is a licensed medical professional in a hospital. So are you telling me that that's okay because he has insurance and her doing this is not okay because she doesn't have a piece of paper
0: that says that she's allowed to do it and she doesn't have insurance. Maybe she did have insurance. Maybe she did. I don't know. Maybe she had some sort of like umbrella insurance.
1: I don't know, but my point is, is that that's just free market. Like let people do shit, make drugs legal, make them legal. If, if you do drugs and you do something crazy, you're going to go to jail for doing the crazy thing. It
0: doesn't matter if you're on drugs or not. It's it's not like you can go kill somebody. Uh, You're under arrest for the murder of this person oh but dude i was on cocaine oh in that case nah don't worry about it that's not how that works you're still responsible for the actions if you want to do drugs do drugs let them do drugs but if you do something fucked
1: up while you're on those drugs you're still responsible for that so either one of two things is going to happen
0: Either a lot of fucked up shit is going to happen because of drugs. In which case, the people who commit those fucked up things will go to jail and will no longer be
1: on the street to do that. Or two, nothing will happen. (laughs) The people will do drugs and society will go on pretty much unchanged.
0: That's it. Let the free market ride. It'll all work itself out, man. Just go for the ride. It'll be a little bumpy at first. You know, there'll be some like people popping up here. But see if you make it like legal and you open it up. Then there's going to be like a hundred people that are offering free or not free, but offering ass injections and then competition. That's going to bring the price down. And then the price is going to come down so low to where it's not going to make a lot of sense for a lot of people. So they're just going to get out of the game and a few might stay in. And the only ones that stay in are the ones that do a lot of business, and then they're going to get insurance and coverage, and then they're going to become reputable, and then they become the ass injection specialists, and then they'll become they'll have a trusted name over time. That's how businesses are built. Stop trying to interfere in the free market and pick winners and losers. If people want to, if there's people out there willing to pay some random stranger money to get ass injections, knowing the risk involved, fuck it, let them do it. And if they die, well then by god, that's just natural selection at work. All right, everybody. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening to this entire thing. I love you all so very much. I say you all, but you know, I love all th- all three of you. I think I picked up another one. I had two, and I think I picked up another one, so I think I'm up to 3 now. So if you're one of the three people listening, just know that i love you and i appreciate you so much make sure to send in your listener questions to this just inbox at gmail.com once again this just inbox at gmail.com give me some questions i will answer them on the air and that will be fun and i'll give you a little shout out also if you're a company out there And you feel sorry for me because this podcast sucks so bad, and you want to give me some money so I can make it better. Well, then you're welcome to do that as well. Send me an email to that same email. Appreciate it. Go ahead and uh, share this with your friends, you know. More followers. uh, Maybe I'll actually eventually start making some money at this, which will come in handy once I get fired from my job for making this. All right. That's the show, everybody. I love you. Good night, smooches.